Welcome, everybody. This is Vida by Design, episode... Shoot, what episode? Oh, episode 14. <laughs> <laughs> I lost track. See, that's what happened when we don't do an episode. Uh, yeah, it's episode 14, and I'm very excited about this episode. And I think I say that about every single episode, but yeah, this one's pretty cool. Yeah, and I'm like, is it really? <laughs> this is actually pretty cool because it's a, a topic that we have discussed since the beginning that we started doing the podcast that we wanted to do it but um we were i think we were just waiting for it to be the better timing but it is titled queer and unapo- whoa rewind queer and unapologetic growing up with pride so we're gonna be discussing about our uh, uh past how it was growing uh gay and and things like that especially in their culture yeah and whatnot so but I won't be giving it into details right now mm-hmm. because we'll do our section first. Yeah. Segment. So first of all, my name is Cesar Barboa. Oh, yeah. Huh? Let's introduce ourselves. Uh, my name is Hector Prado. <laughs> and this is Vida by Design. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're first time listening in or um, viewing us, uh, this is who we are. This is a podcast. We try to incorporate, you know, lifestyle uh, mindset, personal development, talks, um, anything that has to do with making life better and designing your life. So that's that's the goal of this podcast. But yeah, overall, it's great. Um, so the first segment, what do you have? Corey? So let's uh, start the get to know me questions, which I'm actually excited about these ones. <coughs> so you good. good? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Need to do CPR? Yeah. Yeah, a little bit. Smack in the back. <coughs> pajarito, pajarito. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So first question. If you could invite three people, living or deceased, to a dinner party, who would they be and why? <laughs> Did you think about this too long? No. It took me like 30 minutes. To really? Mm-hmm. Huh. Okay. So first person, I would say... So the three people I would invite to what is it a dinner mm-hmm. to a, a dinner, dinner party, party either be, they're living or deceased either living or deceased I would bring on Napoleon Hill, Selena Gomez, and Chris Jenner. Mm, that's okay. A, that's a really unique combo. But Napoleon Hill, um, he is I think the starter. I want to say like the starter of personal development. Um, I'm not, sh- I don't think he was the first person to write a book about it, but I think he was the one that we were introduced to really focus on and listen to and learn from. And mm-hmm. he has written my second favorite book of all time, which mm-hmm. is Outwitting the Devil. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's the person I would want to bring and pick his brain on how he started that mind shift of just becoming a better person in business and in life in general. So mm-hmm. I think that's why. Next, Selena Gomez. She's my favorite celebrity ever. Now people are like, oh, don't worship celebrities and all this stuff. I don't worship her. But what her mindset is and what she does for society is very um, admiring. Mm -hmm. She truly does care about people. And I can see that. And she makes great music, honestly. And I would just want to pick her brain on how self, not selfless, but... How she, how does she have it in her heart to truly want to help others? Like, what is it about it? Hmm. You know. And then Chris Jenner, um, 
I really thought about this one because I'm like, oh, is it should I bring Kim? Should I bring Courtney? Well, who would I bring out of everyone? I'm like, Chris Jenner. She's a badass woman, um, business wise. Now, is the fame and like the show can get foggy in the sense of like her as a person because like, oh, people, it's so easy to talk trash about them, especially that whole family. Mm-hmm. But if you really look into the mindset of what she's doing, and she built a freaking empire. Built, uh-huh. It's something to really learn from a person you want to learn from. So that's my, that would be my third person. Hmm. Interesting. So mm-hmm. all three having dinner with you. Heck yeah. I'll be bad. I'll, I'll give Chris some gummies. <laughs> <laughs> if you know, you know, the episode, the episode is hilarious. <laughs> Margaritas and gummies. <laughs> yeah. That's always a good combo. Alcohol and weed. Why mm-hmm. not? Go for it. <laughs> not me. Live your best life, girl. I, I don't do that. But <laughs> that episode is hilarious. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. So that three, that's a weird, I would, it's a weird combo, but I think those are like three of the people. I'm like, oh. Yeah. Mm. Okay. So my top three, and it's going to be very unique, I I Mm -hmm. guess you can say. First, it would be Ed Milet. Mm -hmm. Definitely Ed Milet, just because of where he started and where he is now. Um, He has created that mindset and the business that I would want to learn more on a personal basis. his podcasts and interviews are, are great. His books are great too. But to have him across the dinner table with you and then just having those type of conversations, that would be freaking awesome. Mm-hmm. Picking his brain on learning more. Second, and people are going to be like, what? It would be Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. I'm not a Donald Trump supporter. I don't like him as a political person. Mm-hmm. However, as a business person that has built what, what he has built, I would want to pick his brain more on that, mm-hmm. um, the mindset that he that he developed, how he negotiates, how he does businesses and things like that. Mm-hmm. Have all his businesses been successful? No, he has been bankrupt, quote unquote. Um, but he knows he knows how to he knows how to influence people, mm-hmm. and influence is power. Yeah. So whether you use it for good or bad, that's obviously his own on choice and up to the person and up to the person who has that influence yes so i don't like his political views i hate his political views however as a business person i would want to sit down at a dinner table and be like hey how do you do this how what were your what was your thought process of doing this negotiation how have you developed your mindset to just keep on going Mm -hmm. uh ups and downs and bankrupt or no bankrupt things like that and third person would be michelle obama Mm -hmm. Michelle Obama, just because I've been watching, I actually watched the interview with uh, um, Oprah. Oh my, no, no, Jay, Jay Shetty. Jay Shetty. Yeah, Jay Shetty. And I love, I have always loved the way she speaks, mm-hmm. how she expresses her, herself, um, how very open she is as well. Um, and I love the fact that just because a lot of people saw her and as uh, the, um, the first lady when uh, Barack Obama was president. Um, I love the fact that she says that, you know what, just because I was in that position, our life was not perfect. Mm-hmm. Like it was still a marriage. We have our marriage conflicts and things like that. Yeah. We have our disagreements, family and everything, right? That, that has to do it with that. So I love how open she was. So I would want to 
sit down with her and just pick more her brain when it comes to like relationships, how they navigate their stuff and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's that a, would be my top three. That's a unique combo. Right? Is, yeah. Like having all three at the uh-huh. dinner table would be a very interesting conversation. I can see the dirty looks. Yeah. Oh, totally. <laughs> totally. Yeah. And by the way, we're still waiting on that Chris Jenner and Ed Milet interview. Hello. That would be freaking awesome. Uh-huh. So just saying, Ed Milet, come on. Come on, dude. You guys are neighbors. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> You're down the street. Little Birdie told us that. Well, he did. <laughs> yeah, that's he, what I'm saying. <laughs> oh, I'm like, oh, he did. <laughs> no, yeah, that that would be a really incredible. And yeah. just because Ed Marlez comes, I love the way that he does his research on the person. Mm-hmm. Um, very in-depth. Mm-hmm. Um, and he knows from what that information that, that he acquires, what type of questions to to put down to. Put to down. Yeah. yeah. So. Cool. Um, do you have any unusual fears or phobias that people might find surprising or amusing? Um, I don't think this is amusing. Well, I don't know. Maybe it is, but I don't do heights. Mm-hmm. I don't do heights at all. Um, I can't get on a ladder. Up Not to, even on a step. Like I can't a even, stool step. I can't even get on a stool step. I can't get on a chair because I freak out. Um, yeah, heights. So I'm not a Six Flags person. I'll go. I'll go with you guys. I'll watch the carts. The, the carts. The roller. The what's it called? <laughs> the well, strollers. Technically, <laughs> technically the oh, the, the strollers for the kids. The oh, okay, okay, okay. I'll chill yeah. with them, but I would not get on any of them. Maybe Revolution. That's the only one that has only one loop, and that's it. Maybe that's mm. that would be like the one that I would get on. Um, Cause I did when I was younger, even like the small roller coasters, I can't do like I'll do them, but in the whole time I'm like freaking out. So is it the actual height or the feeling of the roller coaster? No, it's the height, the height, the height. Okay. Oh. Yeah. When it comes to anything height, like, yeah, like I won't bungee jump, but no, oh, okay. okay. It's just the height. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, side note, like I can't even get on this ladder, like to go on top of a roof. Like when my uncle used to make me do it and I'm like, or like my cousin is like, like, come on, you didn't want to be left behind. You did it. But the whole time I would just freak out. Mm-hmm. But now that I'm older, I'm like, I'm good. I don't need to break my leg. Okay. Find someone now that Find wishes to else. die today. Exactly. Not me. Not me. <laughs> <laughs> I choose to live. <laughs> what about Not you? today, Jesus. Not today. <laughs> um, I hate snakes. Mm-hmm. I hate 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 snakes i won't if they're in the tv show or movie i will close my eyes i will not watch it if so if i see a picture like if i'm scrolling through social media and i see a picture of a someone with a snake i freaking like block the person like <laughs> no no um yeah no i it uh, yeah. just like thinking about them right now it's it now that freaking scary as heck uh they're scary they're they can kill you. Yeah. Um, when we were ch- when we were watching the the Hunger Games, the the newest one, when they have all the snakes in the freaking big ass yeah. thing, and then it just oh, <laughs> and then it just like they drop in. Uh, did you close snakes your eyes? Are, yeah, you I was did? closing my snakes. Yeah, uh, hell I yeah. I saw it. it no, hell no, no. Uh, no. Um, yeah, I can't. I can't do snakes at yeah. all. At all. Yeah, 
Is it just snakes in particular or like the scale of it? Can you do like iguanas or lizards? Oh, yeah. They're cute. Oh, okay, so yeah. it's like the actual snake. No, it's, it's the it's actual not, fucking snake. It's like, not the scales of it or the fact that they're No, reptiles. no, okay. no. It's the snake. Like They yeah. can freaking wrap around you and just choke you to death. Mm-hmm. Um, they can. Obviously, the venom can kill you too. Yeah. Freaking bite you. Um, yeah, no. No, thank you. I'm... You're good. You choose, I'm good. You choose to live. I, I definitely do. <laughs> you choose to live. No, yeah. <laughs> so currently, what are some songs that have been on repeat or like on your playlist mm-hmm. that you have been enjoying okay. um, and why? Okay. So we're not going to go down a rabbit hole like we did last <laughs> night. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. So to just do a couple. So I'm going to do three. Okay. So the first one um, I've been listening to lately has been Cul-de-Sac by Jake Miller. I talked about mm, it a little mm-hmm. bit on the um, last week's episode. Mm-hmm. Um, that definitely is one of those tracks that um, where he reflects like about his beginnings, how humble he was, um, you know, having the family that shaped them. They're still together. Mm-hmm. I think that's really nice. Also, like the use of the instrumentation is amazing. Mm. I just love that. I love how he produces his tracks, um, and it just kind of it, it. You can really connect to it, whether you had that upbringing or you didn't. Mm-hmm. And I say that because I kind of didn't have that type of upbringing, but maybe it's something that me as a child yearned. So mm-hmm. as you get older, you kind of you connect with it. You're like, you know, that would have been something beautiful to have. So that's so that's your first one. That's so what's your second, second one? Um, the second one, ooh, why is my iPad keep turning off? It's so weird. Um, my second one is Needle by Nicki Minaj and Drake. Um, I've been listening to it a lot. <laughs> that's the one. He wants to kick it in the Maybach, that's why. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Can I tell you something? I don't even know what that means. <laughs> Have you actually paid attention to the lyrics on that part? So, I just like the way it sounds. So, I haven't really paid attention to it. So, you or haven't comments. really, like... Like listen or pay attention to to what he's saying when he, when he says that. No, so Here. talk about it and then I'm gonna pull it up. I'm gonna I'm gonna read it to you right now. <laughs> so that song's just a vibe. Like there's a weird thing that happens with me when I listen to it. Like where I just get like happy, mm-hmm. and I just get like, oh, it's such a great song. Like I can just listen to it over and over and over. So yeah, so for that, I haven't really paid attention to the lyrics yet. But I just like the whole vibe. I like the way she comes in, the way they sing a little bit back and forth, the way that it ends, the fact that it just has like a nice instrumental auto, uh, outro. Um, yeah, so that one. Plus, his uh, his voice actually fits in. With the song. With the song. Yeah. Yeah. And they're, that's like the first like chill song because I know they have songs in the past, but they've been like straightforward rap songs and everything this is still rap but it's more i don't know like a tropical island vibe mixed into it so he says i just want to pull up the maybach and bend your leg back please obey that don't delay that my little white eye oh okay now i get it yeah you know what's a maybach it's a car, right? Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> I'm not a car guy. I am not a car guy. I don't know anything about cars. <laughs> okay, so what's your third one? My third one is 
uh, Batter Up by Baby Monster for all you K-pop lovers. Um, mm. That's another song I can't like not listen to. Mm-hmm. Like I have it on repeat as well. Um, it's just, it's, people really criticize this song because they say it's YG, a YG sound. I get it. If you know, you know what that means. But the intro itself is just a hook. Mm. Like the instrumentation mm-hmm. itself is just a hook and you're like, oh, this sounds badass. So I think that's that's one of the things. And also the 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 way it flows, it, it flows very well. And it has a, a formula to it because mm-hmm. I can hear if Blackpink were to sing this song, if you know Blackpink. I can hear them singing it as well. And 21. So if you know 21, they were like the original um, K-pop girl group from that company, YG. And so I can hear them sing it as well. Like I can picture like, oh, Sia will sing this part. Uh, Boom will sing this. Dara will sing this. Minzy can sing this part. Like it's just, it's just, like I said, it's very YG sounding, but it's good. So those no would be your what. top three right there. Those would be my top three right there. Okay. Yeah. So mm-hmm. people go listen to them. Yeah. Trust me. Direction. Yeah. I like those. Yeah. Uh, I have top 10. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> 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 no, I have uh, my first one would definitely be uh, ESN question mark by Ariana Grande, which she just mm-hmm. released this week. It's like one of those songs that, Kind of like what you just said on your the the last one. It's like the hook in the beginning. It's like, oh, hold on, it's gonna be that type of song. Yeah. Um, it kind of has like an '80s vibe to it. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of a uh, Vogue by Madonna. It is not the not the like the not all the beats or mm-hmm. anything like that, but like the feeling, the yeah. the vibe of it. She she has credited Madonna in it. Okay, mm-hmm. so that makes sense. Yeah, um, and then just her actual lyrics too—they're they're powerful. She's it's kind of sh- like mind your own business. Mm-hmm. If I sleep with a merry man, I sleep with a merry man. <laughs> <laughs> if you know, you know. <laughs> she didn't say that on on her song, but that's or whatever she does, or don't worry about her body, how it looks right now, mm-hmm. or anything like that. Like that's it's her life, it's her body, and she just whatever she's going through, she's going through it, mm-hmm. right? Um, so yeah, it's kind of like mind your own fucking business and let me live my life and yeah. I'm just going to go ahead and do that. Yeah. She's here to party, have fun. And basically it's a fuck you to yeah. people who like to it, yeah. people who are criticizing her, criticizing or mm-hmm. judging her or anything like yes. that. And then my second one is actually this past year. I've been really, really loving, um, Christian songs mm-hmm. and I've been really going into my, my worship songs and, and things like that. So it, it called, it's called miracle power by with the kingdom. And it's just one of those songs that no matter, no matter the way you're feeling, whether it's up or down or anything like that, like it's, it's just a way that will make your day a whole lot better, mm-hmm. especially with the with the first verses. It says, like, this is for the lost and the lonely, for the broken and afraid. This is for those who are hurting, hoping help. Hoping help is on the way in these battles of addiction. When fear is chasing after me, whatever trouble I'm facing, I will lift my hands and sing, I believe in miracle power. So. They're like the lyrics of the whole song and mm-hmm. then the beat too. Mm-hmm. It's one of those uh bands that they're very um uh um 
what's the word I'm thinking? Like contem contemporary. Like it's not a slow song. Mm -hmm. It's like drums and a B and things so it's like, like a rock Christian yes, song. It's a rock thing? Christian. Yes, okay. yes, definitely. So that would be my second one for for that reason. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you have a third one? No. 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 Just those two. Just those two. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Well, good. I will, um. I advise people to go listen to them. Yes. Yeah. Yes. If you haven't already. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Everyone here is different ages, so never know. Maybe we introduce to someone new. Yes. Now, back going back to our main topic of the episode, okay? Now, this is, I think this is going to be one of the most vulnerable I think I've, I'm ever going to be when, on the, about this topic because we I never don't know really spoke. If you're this ever before. going to be, but. Yes, it's one of yeah. the first ones that we've done. So now let's, okay, let's get to it. So the first one. So how did you re first realize or come to terms with your sexual orientation? How did it impact your identity? You know what's so crazy? Like, I, I had an understanding when I was a kid, probably like six, seven, eight years old. You had or you had? No, I did have okay. an understanding. Ooh, that makes more sense now. Oh, okay. Well, you got to tell us now. No, no, that's <laughs> something I can't talk about here. Oh. Um, yeah, so it was like six, seven, eight years old that I had an understanding of, of what it was, but I didn't really... It just felt like something normal. It mm -hmm. didn't feel like I should be ashamed of liking guys. Mm -hmm. But obviously, just time went by, and I started learning as I was a teen. Um as a teenager, I dated girls in middle school and high school. I never dated guys. Um, and it was like, I wasn't, I wasn't the type of, of gay guy that was like, ill, like girls or like thinking about the body parts or anything like that. Like I didn't, I don't get grossed out by that. Mm -hmm. um, however, when I became 18, 19 years old and I started to understand like, okay, now I have the option, not the option. I have the choice of if I want to be with someone, who would it be, mm -hmm. right? And automatically it was, oh, guys, like that's mm -hmm. that's what, what I like about guys. So, um, yeah, it's, it was, it's just a, a weird transition that I started analyzing is that I had an understanding. I just thought it was something normal. I didn't think it was categorized as uh, a sexual orientation mm -hmm. type of thing. Um but then I started understanding them more. And yeah, when I made the choice of them, I'm like, okay, yeah, like I'm, this is something that I'm comfortable with. It's, it feels normal again. And it doesn't feel like forced that I need to be with a girl. Like I felt okay. like I was in like middle school or high school. Where you felt like you had to do that. Right. Because yeah. that was a normal, like, oh, who's your girlfriend? I'm like, oh shit, I gotta have a girlfriend now. Okay. Like, <laughs> all right. <laughs> yeah. So what about you? How do you, how do you, just real quick, when's the first time someone told you, how's your, where's your girlfriend? Can you remember? Probably middle school. I middle don't, school? Not exactly. No? No. Because looking, thinking about that, it's just kind of like, why is that such a normal thing to say? Like naturally, right? Yeah, like, like where's your, and you're asking a kid, like a... Yeah, uh, not a kid. But, I mean, kid. Yeah, kid. A, a teen. A, a teen. A preteen. You know, a ten, eleven year old, twelve year old. You know, you're asking mm -hmm. them, what? Not you, ten, eleven, or twelve. Yeah. Really? Yes. Oh. Yeah. Well, I can see that with your uncles, though. 
like I not just uncles, like even like not strangers, but like I've heard other people who are not my family members ask like a preteen, mm. like where's your girlfriend or boyfriend, or whatever. So it's it's so weird, huh? How they that ask be boyfriend so- too, huh? They ask boyfriend too. Well, if it's a like, girl, I, oh okay, okay, okay. Like okay. tu novio, like oh, whatever. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, it's just weird that question. But uh, back to back to the actual question. Um, I was young too. I think I was like six. I was like in kindergarten. I remember vividly in kindergarten. Um, me not liking. I don't want to say liking because that's weird. Not weird, but you just don't understand at that age. But I just didn't like. People would be like, like I told you, people were like, "Oh, ¿quién te gusta de tu clase?" And you're mm-hmm. like, because you see it in kids where like maybe you do have like that crush i guess Mm -hmm. but um it's it was more like i didn't like her i liked your brother (laughs) 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 and it's crazy because i don't remember the i don't remember his name but i remember her name till this day uh but i remember his name but it's just, yeah, it was kind of like one of those situations. I was six years old. And I'm like, I don't like kind of like I want to be your friend so I can talk to your brother. Not, no, no. I was a very, very, very like shy, secluded child. I wasn't really like I wouldn't play with kids. I would just be on my own. They would like come ask me to play. I would just say no. Mm-hmm. I was just that type of child. Um, so, yeah, I like I was. Yeah, I think I was in kindergarten, like five years old, six years old. Mm first time that i can say i realized i'm different in that sense mm-hmm. and it it was just something that you never spoke about you never really like who can you trust mm-hmm. in a sense um now my sense of identity on the sex and the sense of identity part i don't think i i kind of like like, I accepted it. Like, yeah, I am gay. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know what gay was. Does that make sense? Like, I didn't know what that word was. So, like, was. around what age was that? Six. Okay, okay, okay. Gotcha. But I don't know what, I didn't know what yeah, that you, word existed. You just, like, okay, yeah, like, guys, like, I, like, I feel. Yes, but I knew it was wrong. So, does that make sense? Oh, So, okay. I knew it was wrong, but I didn't know what it was. Mm-hmm. Because, like, you were grew up seeing mom and dad, mom and dad, mom and dad. Like, in that, yeah. So, yes, yeah, I knew it was wrong, but I never knew what it was. So, I never knew what gay was at mm. that age. And it wasn't until, like, maybe eight, nine years old, ten mm-hmm. years old that I was like, oh, okay. I guess there's a word for it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. It's interesting how mm-hmm. it all it all just comes to, like, it's a normal feeling that we start with, but then we analyze society and it's like, it's not, right. Oh, I'm not supposed to be doing that, but I can't help it because it's a feeling that it just naturally comes, but I should be ashamed of it. Yeah. Like I hate that. Yeah. Okay. I won't go more into that one because that's at the bottom with the other question. So how did your family react when you quote unquote came out? And what advice do you have for those who may be struggling to share their identity with their families? Let me start with the advice first. Um, if you're struggling with your to come out to your family, I say analyze your environment. Um, not every family is the same. Some family members can be so great about other people's kids being gay. But when it comes to their own kid, 
It's like, no, I've seen that. Um, if you feel like your parents are very open about it, like they have gay friends, they have this, of course that child could, it's going to be more like, oh, I can tell my parents, but let me make sure first. But I've also seen situations in which the child is not sure what their sexual orientation is. And they tell their parents, but the parents like, okay, when you figure it out, come and tell me or let me know or just you don't have to tell me. So I've seen a lot of different sides to to how someone who doesn't know their sexual orientation can come out. Right. So I've seen all of that. But if you are struggling with it, I would say just analyze your environment. Do you feel safe? I think it's a big word is if you feel safe enough to tell one person, two people, even if they're not family related, let them know. Right. But if you're trying to tell your family, maybe have that support of someone who can have your back. So if it could be like a counselor at school, if you tell them and most people in education, I say most, not everyone. Most people in education are not to say okay with it, but are very supportive. And so if you find someone maybe outside your family who can be like that support, because at the end of the day, there is a lot of bad repercussions that can happen. And I'm not saying I'm not saying like just do it and whatever happens, happens, suck it up. But it's like if you have that support, maybe with a I'll go back that counselor, say your family's not accepting. Unfortunately, you know, it's it's hard and people, kids get kicked out and all that stuff so it's like if you have at least that one person maybe they can help you if that were to ever come to you if that ever happens to you not come to you but if that ever happens to you unfortunately um but yeah that's my advice i just analyze your environment and see if you feel safe enough to come out to any any just family member mm-hmm. <laughs> and what was the first part how did you um, how did your family react so i don't think i've ever <laughs> i don't think i the first person I came out to, I believe I was like 16, 17, and it was my aunt who is like my sister because we're a year apart. Mm-hmm. So I told her, and she's like, oh, okay. And I think... I can actually <laughs> see her. <too. laughs> okay. No, <laughs> no, I think it was more like a kind of we know situation because mm-hmm. I do have another cousin who's my age. He was very... he His whole demeanor it was more feminine. And with him, I would hear family members be like, the, hey, Joto, whatever. Because he would dance like a girl. Who cares? Mm-hmm. Like, he was very vibrant. He was very animated. He was who he is. Mm-hmm. And that's okay, like, who he was. But with me, I was, like, the opposite. I was just very, like, mm, just very reserved. Um with certain, especially when it came to like big settings, just very reserved. But then later on, as my teens started going, I would, I would, the one thing I would never hide was basically I listened to a lot of female artists. Mm-hmm. I never hit that. Like I've always listened to Britney, I've always listened to Gaga, like Selena Gomez. When she came out, I'm like, oh my God, I love her. Like I would say stuff like that. And so I never hit that part, that, that, but. When I came out to her, she was like, okay. And then later on, I told uh, my aunt who I live with, I told my uncle, they were very supportive. Um, And then eventually they kind of told my family, like at least my dad's side. I never came out to like my mom's side, which was weird. Um, 
And so when I made the decision to just tell everyone like, hey, like I am this, I am this. And I didn't work. I didn't work up to tell my parents. I just kind of like came out to them like whatever, like this is who I am. And the way I came out to my to to my parents was one through an Instagram post (laughs) and the other one I told her, well, basically, mom. You know, I posted an Instagram post of me and my boyfriend that it was at that time. And my dad got mad and he started saying all this shit, blah, blah, blah. What? What? Go on. What? You're making noise with the tail. Oh, so where was I at? Yeah. So she was like, oh, so you're telling me your game? Like, yeah. And it, this is over the phone because we didn't live. I didn't live with her. I lived in Portoville. What so age were you? I was 22, I believe. 22. Okay. And so... I just told her she's like okay and then she's like sort of crying and stuff I'm like okay and we didn't talk for like a week I think that's the longest we've ever not talked um and she was just very very okay I gotta call you I gotta start thinking about some stuff like okay whatever like it was what it was at the point mm-hmm. and then honestly it didn't hurt me like it didn't it didn't phase me that she didn't accept me I, mm-hmm. I would say quote unquote but it was just one of those things that I'm like, okay, well, it is what it is. If I'm on my own for the rest of my life, I'm on my own. And I was okay with it. Same thing with that. And I don't say that very cold-hearted because I kind of grew up with other people. I was going to say. So it was very yeah. easy to, like, cut that tie, in a sense. Like, if that if it came back came down to it. Mm-hmm. And same thing with my dad, unfortunately. I think my, what my dad told me, he was just... He was just mad and upset that I didn't tell him why. Because I'm his son. He, I should have been able to tell him. But our relationship wasn't very well growing up. So mm-hmm. it was like there's no and true trust there yet. Mm-hmm. So For you to at feel that safe time, and have that conversation correct. openly with him. I knew he was a good person. But to tell him something so, I don't want to say sacred, but so like. It's, personal. It's personal, yeah. yeah. I just didn't have that. But yeah, overall, my family was accepting the few people here and they're questioning it, of course when it came to my mom's side i just never told them mm-hmm. it was just social media i started posting and whatever and then me you got together and married and that was that so i never really like told them oh i'm gay other than my mom mm-hmm. and even my aunt and then my mom told everyone of course and then they were like my grandparents i know my grandparents and my aunt from fresno they were very like okay what does that matter Mm-hmm. It's just it still says that like he's your son, mm-hmm. and it was weird because I would think I think looking back those three would feel like they would be the hardest to tell, mm-hmm. but yeah they were like so like open about it open like, yeah. yeah yeah but yeah that's that's the way I came out. How well, about you? How did your family react? I came out. I think I was eighteen. I think I was eighteen years old when no nineteen. 18 or 19, something like that. And the way that I came out, so I was in Fresno, uh, living my best life over there with some friends, and was in Fresno, and then driving back from Fresno to to my parents' house. I don't know how. I don't know why. I'm like, I'm going to tell my parents I'm gay. Oh, were you drunk? <laughs> no. No, oh. I wasn't. No. It was uh, the following day after after that night. 
um, like I didn't drive home that same night. Oh, yeah. Okay, like okay. I spent the night at my friend's yeah, house, yeah. and then that morning, that afternoon, I drove back. Yeah. So driving back, I took the back roads because that's that was my favorite way to go home um, for the scenery and, and whatnot. But anywho, yeah, I was driving back. I'm like, I don't know. I just started analyzing my life, I guess you can say. I'm like, mm. okay, this is who I am. Like I know I've had these feelings before. I know what I like. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be married to a girl or anything like that. I, I like boys. I, I, I want to, to be with them. I want to be in a relationship with them. So that was like my whole conversation with myself yeah. all the way to, to my parents' house, which was like a 45-minute drive. And um, yeah, I, I got home and I told them, hey, I need to speak with you too. Can can we go to your room? So they sat down on their bed and it was I, both of them. Yeah, both the of them time. at the same time. They I sat them down on their bed and I just told them like I'm I'm gay. Like I, I like guys. Mm -hmm. Um, and I just remember getting so scared because they didn't say anything. They just stayed quiet. They stared at me. They stared at each other, and it was like five minutes like that. So I got so scared that I just took off. I, I jumped in my, t in my car and I started driving back to my friend's house to Fresno. And midway, my mom started calling me and I wasn't answering her. I was just driving and driving. So she kept on calling me, calling me, calling me. And she was like, come back home. I'm like, no, like, I'm scared. Like, I, I mm -hmm. don't know. Like, no, I'll, I'll just go home tomorrow. Like, let, I'm mm -hmm. going to go back to my friend's house. She was like, no, you, you got to come back home because we, we got to talk. Like, you can't just leave like that. Mm -hmm. So I ended up going back home. Um, I got home and I went to to my parents' room and my dad wasn't there. It was just my mom. And she literally just hugged me and cuddled with me. Like, we lay down on, on her bed and we were just cuddling. No talking or anything like that. So she was just uh, hugging me. But then throughout time, though, like, I felt okay, it's going to be okay, mm -hmm. but then it wasn't. Okay. <clears throat> and it was more because they didn't have the understanding. It's like you said, they see it with other families, and, that, okay. and, that, and they're like, oh, okay, like, accept your kids, you got to mm -hmm. love them, they're your children, when that, until it happens in their own household. Mm -hmm. They don't know how to handle that situation. Yeah. Which, I mean, now looking back, I'm like, okay, yeah, I get it. Like, you come from a very old school Mexican family that it's it's very strict and it's it's very close-minded, I guess you can say. Mm -hmm. um, so now seeing back, I'm like, okay, I get that. But then it was more of, like, she started going to back to church, like, hardcore. Mm -hmm. Like, praying and praying and praying. And she was, quote-unquote, praying the gay out of me. Mm -hmm. And then... She told you that? Oh, well, and oh, okay. then eventually uh, she started talking to me and she was like, hey, I want you to go to this re retreat because um, they're going to pray the gay out of you. Mm. And I, I remember getting so livid that, mm -hmm. that time. That I'm like, what do you mean? Like, there's there's no such thing. Yeah. Like, God is God. And, that, and that's it. Like, but and, and this is who I am. Mm -hmm. You can't pray the gay out of me. Like, that does not exist. Yeah. So we had conflicts. But eventually, it came to to a point where my mom was uh, more open minded. She started doing her own research, mm -hmm. like she started YouTubing things, uh, getting on Google, reading books as well. Mm -hmm. So she educated herself yeah. on what it is to have a gay son. Um, how should I I welcome him? Welcome him in the family, basically. Mm -hmm. How 
uh, accepting I have to be open-minded and things like that. My dad, on the other side, it was a whole, it, even until now, we, we don't have a relationship. It was just a, a whole shit show. Mm-hmm. But, and it wasn't because of that. Um, I don't believe he's close-minded on that. Um, and there's story behind that, but I won't go into that. I just, we never related. Yeah. It was always me and my mom. Mm-hmm. And then he was go to work, come back home. He did his own thing and whatnot, but we never really had a relationship. He wasn't a parent. Yeah. No, he was just a provider. Yeah. He was for providing, mm-hmm. but we didn't have a son and father relationship. Uh, so yeah, with my mom, it was, it was that way. So obviously throughout uh, time, it got a whole lot better and things like that. So, and now she's, she is very protective when people, family members will say something or a comment and she'll, she'll de- defend me. Mm-hmm. She'll, she'll stand up for me and, and say things that, that uh, shouldn't be said and she'll, she'll speak up basically. Mm-hmm. Um, my advice for, for someone is I hate, I hate the word coming out. I hate that phrase. Um, and I'll leave my explanation for the last question on that. Um, it's more of don't feel like you have to. Don't feel like you have to explain yourself mm-hmm. of, hey, I like girls or, hey, I like guys or, hey, I like both or, hey, I don't like anything. Mm-hmm. You know, don't feel like you have to explain yourself to your family, to society. It's If it's something you're you're already feeling, just live your life and if it's someone that comes to you and questions you and then maybe if you feel safe Mm -hmm. and if it's a person that you feel comfortable speaking with and yeah maybe let them know like hey yeah i i do like guys i look at i do like girls i like both um and this is how i feel and this is who i am um Will there be people that will be negative towards you or criticize you or things like that? Yes. There's always always that. There's always that family member that will even say comments about it as well. But don't feel pressure to do it. Don't feel pressure to do it because there's no rush into it. There's no, oh, my gosh, I I have to do it by, by this age because yada, yada, yada. No, it's you you explain yourself if you feel like you have to at your own terms and at your own time. If people are commenting already and saying things like that, let them speak. People are always going to be speaking about you. It's a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> Whether you're doing good or bad, and I'm not saying bad, you can't use being bad, but like in anything in life, people are always going to talk shit. Yeah. Always. So don't let, don't let you just being yourself mm-hmm. be that. So... Staying in the in the topic about advices and, and things like that, what advice do you have for listeners who may be struggling with self-acceptance and building confidence as they grow up gay? I don't know if I can answer this because I never dealt with that. You never felt, were you always confident about it? Were you always so like, hey, this the, is who I am? And The way that I t- took this question was like, if they're struggling with inner them like themselves to accept themselves, mm-hmm. I knew who I was and I was okay with it. And I was like, okay, maybe I wasn't okay sharing it, but I was okay with myself. Mm-hmm. 
growing up. And yeah, so I never had like an internal like, oh my God, this is bad. It was more like, this is who I am, and but I'm just not going to speak about it. Mm. So like one of those. But did you feel shameful of it? I didn't. Like I never felt shameful. I just knew I just couldn't tell anyone. Why though? Because it wasn't normalized. But see, like shame, like I never felt shamed about it. Like it was, I don't know. It's just weird. Like I knew I was gay. I knew I was different. I just knew I just couldn't tell people. But that doesn't feel shameful to me. It just means like I wanted to keep it to myself. Hmm. But then as I got older, then maybe I just became a little bit more like, well, who can I tell and when can I be happy? Mm-hmm. I just knew I just couldn't say say it like certain times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I mean, if you are struggling, I think first, I don't want to say explore, but maybe have like an internal dialogue, get to know yourself more. Mm-hmm. Um, really understand yourself and be like, hey, what do I really enjoy in life or who do I see myself with? Um, because there's a lot of people saying it's nature, it's nurture, it's how you grew up, it, you were born like this, whatever. Whatever you believe is whatever you believe, mm-hmm. right? But if you are struggling with it because society is not perfect, just do some self-exploration, I, I would say. So self-exploration. That's my, that's my best advice I can give right now. Um, looking from the outside in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's more of that self-exploration, really understand yourself and be like, oh, what do I really enjoy? Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, if you need to explore outside, where like, not to say explore with people, but at the same time, like, it has happened where people have been married 10, 20 years and then they come out gay after because they realize mm-hmm. that, you know what, I do love this person as a person, but not as a life partner or sexually or maybe, mm-hmm. you know. So it could be one of those. Like, you just never know. And I, so I would just say self-exploration and get to know yourself a lot more. For me, it would be, I think I'm I'm focusing more like as in a teenager, mm-hmm. like teens like 15 16 17 even um early 20s um seek guidance nowadays there are so many nonprofit organizations locally Mm -hmm. um that are open to hey let me just call them and have a conversation with someone like hey what do i like what is this like Mm -hmm. what what am i feeling things like like if you're confused about the way that your body is reacting towards people or your thoughts, your feelings, things like there's like here locally, there's the source. The source is a, a great nonprofit that just provides a lot of guidance meant for, for mental health, for people that are, are seeking that type of guidance, um, some type of healthcare uh, guidance as well. So it's always great to just seek guidance um, from someone else and just Ask questions. Don't be afraid to pick up the phone and be like, are they going to be judging me? Are they going to tell me something dumb or that I'm dumb? Mm-hmm. Or they, like, There's no such thing like that. The worst thing that you can do is not seek help yeah. and staying quiet because at the, at the end of the day, that can deviate to depression, depression creating anxiety, mm-hmm. cre- creating all those, all those bad habits. So just seek guidance, call your local nonprofit organization that 
uh, helps within the LGBT, LGBTQ plus community. Um, and just give them a call and be like, hey, I don't know um, what I'm going through, but mm -hmm. I would like to talk with someone. Yeah. And they're always there to, to help. Um, I wish I knew about resources like that when I was in my teens, even my early 20s, just because I believe I would have been more involved in, in that sense mm -hmm. of participating, like being a participant, but then also being a volunteer to help other people. Yeah. Um, just because that's something that I personally needed, mm -hmm. because I believe if I would have known about services like that, I wouldn't had because I had like a lifestyle uh Rebellious face, face, face rebellious. Mm -hmm. And uh, after I quote unquote came out, um, I had that face. But I believe if I would have had that guidance of someone, then I would have had lashed out the way that I did. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Oh, cool. That's nice. Mm -hmm. I like that. So now has being gay, has there been any conflicts with you with internally, like with race and maybe your gender or religion or any on that that scope boy we need a whole hour for this <laughs> so you have a conflict no and okay. it's more of the religion part of it okay the religion part of it just because when i was litter litter when i was little mm -hmm. uh my family was that hardcore catholic family okay we went to church like two or three times a, a week uh, we volunteered at the church. We did everything and whatnot. Um, so as I grew up and I started understanding more about church, religion, and being gay and how that's basically look upon down upon and not being okay with it, mm -hmm. like the, the church did not accept it back then. Um, and it was a shameful thing to do, like because of things that I started hearing and reading and things like that it pushed me away from church. Yeah. And that's something that when I was a kid, it felt somewhere where I can go and be myself and feel the comfort, feel the, the welcoming, mm -hmm. feel that this is my second house basically. But then that went away because I'm like, Oh, so I'm not supposed to go to church. Mm -hmm. I'm not supposed to be accepted by my priest, by, by God, mm -hmm. by the Virgin Mary, because I'm gay now. So, mm -hmm. Yeah, there's no religion now that yeah. I have. Um, so that that hurt my my view when it came to religion. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I loved going to church. Yeah. Like I knew my prayers. I knew everything. Like I knew the the format of, of everything. And it's something that I still enjoy. Mm -hmm. So as time passed by, what was it, two years ago, that's when I we started getting more involved into church. But now this is a Christian church where it's more open. There's, it's less formal. It's, there's worship songs. There's the, the, the um, pastor is like so chill and he speaks about controversial topics as well. And I like that about that church. So, and it's a church that they openly welcome LGBT plus community mm -hmm. and they speak about it as well. Yeah. They announce it. Yeah. So because now I found that uh, that church now, I feel like, OK, now I can start going back to my religion, be mm -hmm. be more involved with with God and have those conversations like it's OK. Now I'm understanding at 31 years, 32 years old, like it's okay for 
me being gay and also love God at the same time because he accepts everybody. Yeah. I like that. Mm-hmm. I love that. Um, yeah. So I could you keep, keep going on. I think but, we should yeah. have a topic later on. But just to to go back to that question, um, conflict, when it came to my race, my race, my race, I don't, I just, it was just, I don't know. I just never connected the two. I never really connected the two that had anything to do with race, especially being gay. It was just something you've just never seen mm-hmm. ever. Um, I do remember one instinct where I believe this person was transgender who lived in the same, I don't know how to say colonia, but in English, same city, area. Town. No, not town. town. It's not a town. Tijuana is like a city, right? But we live in Tijuana, but our colonia was Los, Los Laureles. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm saying. I don't know how to say it. County. It's county. <laughs> county? Yeah, it's oh, county. Okay. okay. Yeah. Okay. County. So then, so basically, there was someone who lived and he was welcomed. Not like, I don't, he was welcome. Like people would say hot and stuff like that. Because mm-hmm. he basically lived on the street, but like in our street, let's just say it's like a cul de sac style. Mm-hmm. They'll just keep it that way easier to explain. Where he lived at the end and he would have to come through my grandparents' um, area, homes to go to like the stores and go mm-hmm. to go travel basically to the city. So I would see him, but he would be very feminine. He mm-hmm. would wear women's clothes here and there. Now I, this is what I say. I think he was transgender to woman. She was transgender. I would say she, um, but that was like my first, like, Oh, okay. Like he's Mexican, but it's like this, like, it's fine. Like, so I think, there was never like a conflict about it. He was just like, oh, he's just different. Or she's More just of a gender. It's not from what I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm listening. It's not necessarily the race part. It's mm-hmm. more of the gender identity. Yeah. It's the gender yeah. part. Yeah. So like there was no like conflict about it. It was just like, this is the person. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know what happened to that person, um, but I, I don't remember their name. And I say there because I just don't, I never knew the truth. I was a kid. So, you know, that mm-hmm. understanding. Um, so there was like not a huge conflict. It was just not talked about about that person. Like it was not like this person's gay. Mm-hmm. Like it was just not. So I don't know. I can't I can't talk about those two really if there was like that conflicted. But when it came to religion, I'm going to be <laughs> very real with everyone on this because I never spoke about it. I never cared for being part of a religion. I did the things because my parents told me, like, oh, you got to take your first communion and blah, blah, blah. And my mom asked me, do you want to Oh, my be? gosh. I love those classes. She's like, do you want to have your confirmation? I'm like, nah. Like, I just don't. Like, I wasn't like a, I don't, I'm just going to be straight up. I wasn't like a devil worshiper, but I'm not a, I wasn't a God worshiper either. It was just like, it was like non-existent. And not because I was gay. It was just because I just didn't care for it at that time. And growing up, and even now... I don't have that in conflict of religion and being gay. I just know I do worship someone higher. And that's it. Like, I don't say it's like God. You know, I do say one prayer, which comes back to my religion. Um, I always do say that. But like, I just don't have a religion. Like, I can never say I am catholic i am christian i am 
I do say it because in general people ask, but like I don't feel it. Like I, I don't just, say it. You know what I mean? Like I just don't. But I'm not an atheist either. I'm not like oh no religion. No, no. you're just you just yeah. don't have a religion. That yeah, you believe in a higher power, and I just believe. Yeah, I just yeah. believe in a higher power, and that's it. Someone who is guiding us. I, do I say God? Yes, I do. But it's not like a Catholic God or a Christian God. It's just like that's why whenever like controversial of like music with Christ and God and all that, I just don't. I don't believe it to be like demeaning i just see it as like that person's expressing what they're feeling that's it do you know what i mean like i see their point of view of that's what they see and that's what they see and so yeah i just don't think there was a conflict but i just know that yes if you grew up catholic it was bad Mm -hmm. so i just i knew that for sure it was bad but at the end of the day i never accepted it to the point where like not because I'm gay, you know, I can't be Catholic. It was just like, I never cared for it. I just, I went to church because you had to go to church. And even now with me going with you, I love going there, but I wouldn't say I'm Christian. You know, I just, I like the music. Yeah, it's cool. I like the messages. Um, will I be highly involved in it? Maybe not, but it's a great welcoming place and I enjoy it. And that's it. But uh, for me to say, like, I'm Christian or something, like, yeah, I say it, but at the same time, I feel like I, deep down, I don't. I just I just know someone, someone's there, like, hiring power. I don't know how that person looks or that being looks, but it's just kind of one of those things that I was always felt loved mm-hmm. internally. I always mm-hmm. felt loved by that higher power. There's a reason why I'm going through this hardship. There's a reason why life is good right now. There's mm-hmm. a reason. And that's it. That's just how I... How you view that? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That then that's your own perspective when mm-hmm. when it comes to that. So, yeah. So we'll just um, go to our closing question. Why don't you start with yours? First? Okay. So, how did seeing or not seeing people like you in the media shape how how you thought about being gay as you were growing up? Definitely, I never. S- that I can recall. I never saw like on TV or artists or people in media that were um, in the LGBTQ community. Mm-hmm. So that's, I never had a, I guess you can say a person to look up to mm-hmm. when it came to that. Um, just because, yeah, it's, I mean, there would be like novelas and the películas and, Things like that. So I, yeah, I never, I never really saw that mm-hmm. until I started listening and and uh, watching more about Juan Gabriel. Mm-hmm. So Juan Gabriel was a person that I don't, from what I know, he never came out, but he just expressed himself, started mm-hmm. expressing himself more truthfully to who he who he is, who he was. So when I started seeing that, I'm like. Oh, okay. I like that. I like that fact that I'm just going to live my life. I'm going to be doing basically like on his perspective, I'm going to be putting more shine into my concerts and my costumes. And if people like that, they like that. And if they don't, they don't. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. So I really didn't have uh, someone like in the media or anything like that. I know there was when I was growing up as a kid, um, I think it was in my 12 or like when I was 12, 13, 14, something like that. 
um, one of my aunt's best friend, he's gay. Um, and I started, uh, knowing about that, I guess mm -hmm. you can say like, cause he was, I want to say in his twenties and I was like 14 or 15. Um, and he was very open about it. Mm -hmm. But back when, uh, when we were in Mexico that time, I started learning too, because very old school town, very old school mentality is don't be telling people that because they're going to hurt you. Mm -hmm. Like they're going to kick your ass. And from, I've never read or heard anything like that, but my mom has told me like there has been some people that have been killed because of that. Mm -hmm. Um, so like I started understanding the, the type of thing. So yeah. I think because I saw that I'm like, Oh, well, yeah, no wonder people don't go on like on TV and are very open about it because yeah, yeah it's, they, they get shamed upon it. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. I think so going back to that, I think the I think the lack of the absence of it, there were it was thrown here and there. And I noticed it. Mm. It was thrown here and there. Um so when I would see it, and this is just my awareness because I recently listened to listen, I recently watched this. So like bring it on. The cheerleading movie. Oh, yeah. So, like, I was like, oh, yeah. I forgot. It was kind of sprinkled in there. Mm -hmm. um, but see, even when that was done, uh -huh. it was, like, in a shameful way, though. Like. It was. But then it was. I don't know. It was just. It was like a double. Because the when it when it first was like, I'm just. This is the movie, right? This is what it says. So, something's like, oh. Because the girls, the two main girls were, like, asking the two main guys, like, oh, so are you? And they're like, no, I like, I think he's just pussy, right? Or whatever. And then he's like, oh, but the other guy like, speaks gay or something, or speaks mm -hmm. faggot or something like that. And so. See, that's. Yeah. That's my point. Like, yeah. even though it was so, brightened up on TV meet. Sorry. Finish it. So that. That's the way it was like, oh, okay, but I didn't know what that meant. Mm -hmm. So you know what I mean? But then later on in the movie, towards the end, that same guy come, sees another male cheerleader coming out, out of his routine. He's like, oh, you did a great job. He's like, oh, thanks. And he's like, oh, good luck to you and good luck. And he's just happy about it. Mm -hmm. So there's that other interaction of like, oh, like it's there's like a little, I don't want to say crush, but it's kind of like the interaction of like, oh, between two gay people. So like I seen it sprinkled. But it was never like a main, like a storyline, mm -hmm. right? And it wasn't until um, I was started watching more teen sh shows when they were coming out. Mm -hmm. So like when Glee came out, when Vampire Diaries, there was like a gay character there. When Nine Hundred Two One Zero came out, um, when those type of shows were coming out, even kind of even Nashville, I believe. Was 2010? No, maybe that was a little bit later. But even when like those show type of shows came out and there was like a main character who was gay, mm -hmm. then it's like, oh, okay, I, I see, I'm seeing it. And it's okay. And not to say it's not okay. It wasn't okay. But like I was seeing it and I was like, oh, so the it's changing. Mm -hmm. Excuse me. It's changing that um, perception of me becoming just like, it's okay if you tell people. Mm -hmm. You know, not like I didn't hide it. It was just more like, oh, okay, this person's going through that. That's cool. Oh, this person was going through that because in some storylines, 
they would come out, people were very accepting. And some storylines, people come out, they would get beat up. Yeah. So you saw a little bit of both. And when I started watching those type of shows, my mom would be like, oh, that person's gay. And I'm like, yeah. Oh, okay. And then, like, you see them, they had a kissing scene mm-hmm. or something like that. And it was just kind of like, oh, okay. And my mom never, like, really said anything. She was just very, like, oh, is that person gay? I'm like, oh, yeah, he's struggling, mom, with, like, him and all this stuff. And the weird thing about it, like, I would, I think I was testing her without me testing her. It was just kind of like one of those things that I'm like, oh, like, how is she going to react if she sees you it? You do that a lot. You know? <laughs> like, how is she going to react? You do that a lot, yeah. <laughs> but back then, I was just, I was just younger and I just didn't really, really know. But, yeah, like growing up and not seeing sprinkled was like okay like i can see society you're either gonna be it's either gonna be positive or negative when you Mm -hmm. come out but as later on in life like after graduation of course more tv shows came out now there's movies the whole movies about you know our community just they're the main character Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. and so yeah i think it's just it progressed a lot but what helped me see those younger shows was just like, oh, okay, it's cool. Like some of them were very open about it. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I am like as a character, I am, I am gay. And so people were struggle. So like I got to see different perspective and different sides of them. Yeah. Yeah. So that would say that was, that was like my thought process of just really like, oh, like how, the wonder you are, how you are, because you are more preserved about it. Mm-hmm. Like, you weren't such out there and i don't think i've i don't think i've ever been expressive it's just my nature has been more reserved in a sense Mm -hmm. um do i am i different a little bit different with certain people like with my friends around i'm a little bit more vocal probably but it's not not because of like I'm shameful about it. I'm just like, I don't know. There's sometimes where I do want to be more expressive. There's sometimes where I don't want to be expressive. And especially when I start new jobs or like when I meet someone new, I'm just like, this is my spouse. Or you're married. Yeah, my spouse, he. And I don't say like he, but I'm just like, oh, yeah, he and I, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, oh, okay. So I still get that reaction. So mm-hmm. like, oh, like, oh, okay, he. Like, I still get that. But and sometimes I don't. Yeah. Sometimes they're like, oh, yeah. Your spouse, oh, how is he doing? Or what does he do? Blah, blah, blah. Stuff like that. So, yeah. Yeah. I definitely love how media has transitioned into, that's that's what I was going to say, because you you reminded me of, like, bring it on in that scene. It was, I hate that fact that TV shows and movies would do that, that it's a shameful thing to mm-hmm. be gay, and they'll blast it out on, mm-hmm. on media, things like that. Um, but I love the the fact that it has evolved into now there are main characters like you said that mm-hmm. are around LGBTQ uh, plus community. So yeah, I love that transition. So last question: What changes would you like to see in society to create a more inclusive and accepting environment for future gener- generations growing up gay? Um. I would just say like like I I don't know. I just it's progressing still. Mm-hmm. It's still progress. There's still a lot of like shamefulness that happens. There's still a lot of that 
where someone can't be comfortable in their own skin and who they are. Mm-hmm. Um, is it better? Yes. But I think it's kind of, I don't, I don't want to compare the two, but this is just how I'm thinking right now. It's kind of like race mm-hmm. where some people just because of their race, they're shame upon. They don't get the same, they don't get the same, ex, not experience. What is it called? Like the same treatment, mm-hmm. right? Just because of their race. And because someone's gay, they're not getting the same treatment. Mm-hmm. They may be um, not getting the job because of the way they look or because of the way they act of like like mannerisms and things like that. Not so much. So I think I think that's just one of those one of those things that it still needs to progress. There still needs to be more shows that have that inclusion so other people can see it. Um, cause it's very rare for me to see a TV show that has two parents mm-hmm. or two, you know, we do see a main character who is gay, but not like parents who have children. And I think just the advancement, they needs to just continue and there should be, there should, there needs to be more allies to that. Mm-hmm. Um, because people need to understand people are just people and, and being gay is something that has been going on throughout our history. Mm-hmm. If you see paintings from the Roman times, like, hello, they're right there in your face. Right? Literally. Literally, <laughs> yeah. Like, in ancient Egypt as well. Like, you see all of that. And it's nothing new. It's just the sad part was someone said it supposedly, like, in the Bible, and religious took over the new Americas when that happened. And religion was a big part of it, so then it became shameful. Mm-hmm. That's 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 what happened. But so as a society, it just needs to get better. It still needs to progress. There still needs to be more resources for those. There needs to be. I feel like there needs to be resources for younger kids to understand. Like, because I still see it sometimes. We're like, oh, um, where it's told, you know, Hector, or like for me, it's just like. Hector and Caesar. Like, it's never like Hector and his, it's never like Caesar and his spouse. Hector. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? It's just like, you're, we're combined. Mm-hmm. That's how they put us. Whereas it's like, if you tell a five year old, 10 year old, a five year old, oh yeah, it's Hector's, that's his husband. Like, it's fine. Like, or some- like when we're being presented with family and then they're like, oh yeah, this is my nephew and then this is Hector or this is Cesar or it's never. This is my nephew, and this is my nephew's husband. Yes. It has never been said like that. Yes. so In it's, both sides. In both sides, yeah. yeah. So it's kind of like one of those things that it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Like, it needs to be progressive. And I know there's going to be a progress, and I don't want to sound evil, but as the older generation moves on to the new world, passes on, this new generation is going to blow up, and they're not going to give a fuck. Mm-hmm. Because right now, Gen Z, That's literally Gen what it Z is. and Alphas don't give a fuck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's just that um, progression is going to happen. And yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's definitely something that I have definitely been uh, noticing in, in when, with the newer generation. Mm-hmm. And it's something that I love about that. Mm-hmm. It's. And it, there has to be also a balance. It, it can't just be a don't give a fuck the whole time. Yeah. Because then that's when the rebellious and then chaos happens and it just goes spiral, spirals down. But it's still having that confidence within yourself. Um, 
and just knowing that who you are is who you are. Mm -hmm. And that would be when my answer to that, it's just one of the things I really want to see in the future as a change is a person does not need to come out anymore. Mm -hmm. And I can't remember where I heard this, but nowadays it's not, it's not coming out to someone or family members or anything like that. It's you're allowing a person to come into your world now mm -hmm. and accepting that person to be part of you now. So mm -hmm. that's, that's the new, that's the, the new generation that I have been noticing. It's, I'm not going to be telling you, yes, I'm gay and I'm coming out. No, it's, I'm actually allowing you to come into my circle mm -hmm. because I want to share with you now this part of my life and whether you want to be in on or not, that's really up to you. But if you're going to be in my circle, you're going to be respectful. You're going to uh, know who I am. You're going to be uh, okay with who I am. Mm -hmm. um, another thing is pronouns. Mm -hmm. Pronouns, it's uh, still in, uh, uh, up to today's day. I'm still learning about that. Mm -hmm. It's how can I be more respectful when I know that a person has different pronouns and how can I change my verbiage to, to those mm -hmm. pronouns? So it's always going to be evolving, but I do love that the new generation is now taking the lead on that. Mm -hmm. Um, and I love that, like our generation, millennials, they're, they're okay with it. Like, okay, yes, I'll, I, I'll respect you. I respect you for what you're doing. I'm going to support you. Let's move on and let's start creating this new generation when it comes to our community. That way it's more accepting and more loving and more welcoming and not being shameful or anything like that. So, yeah. And I want to add to that. Uh, another thing in society is just protecting the rights of every human being. Mm-hmm whether you're gay, straight, bisexual, transgender, it doesn't matter. Just protecting the rights of all human beings because mm -hmm. there's still laws out there that are demeaning or like someone someone can reject you or not give you the opportunity or can deny service of you just because of your sexual orientation. Mm -hmm. And it's like, that's not right because we're all humans. So you're going back to segregation or what? No. Which is not fair. A good point too mm -hmm. is... And this is where it needs to be that balance, right? Don't feel like you're entitled mm -hmm. to everything just mm -hmm. because now you're part of, of uh, LGBTQ plus community. Like there has to be that balance where you, you know that you, you know who you are, but at the same time, if someone has an opinion, but it, they're not being rude or anything like that, mm -hmm. they just have their own opinion or their own point of view. We need to be okay with that point of view from that person as well yeah. because as much as they're respecting our point of view we also have to respect their point of view mm -hmm. so that's where that balance has to come as well mm -hmm. if if it's someone that i'm friends with but and we have some people in our circle that they're not fully okay with uh someone being gay mm -hmm. but they're respectful towards mm -hmm. us and that's what i like about yeah. some people like okay you don't accept that being gay is okay or whatever because of religion or, or whatever your thoughts are, but you're respectful towards us and you're someone that I can allow in my circle. Mm -hmm. Now, if you have those point of views, I'm also going to respect you on that. I'm not going to look mm -hmm. upon you or down on you or anything like that just because of, of that. Yeah. And that's a good point to bring up because I've met people who have said like the whole nature versus nurture part. And it's like, that's just your opinion. Yeah. And everybody is entitled, yeah. is, is entitled to, to their, their own opinion. opinion. And well. I'm like, yeah. okay, whatever it is, what it is. 
And some people are like, you know, like if my, you know, I'm okay. And I've been told this, like, I'm okay with you. You know, you live your life, blah, blah, blah. But if my child comes out, I think I'm just not going to accept it. Okay. That, yeah, I know. So it's kind of like, okay, what do you do at that point? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? You just, okay, that's who you are. As long as you respect me, I'll respect you as a human being. We're all humans, you know, and we'll co- collab how we need to collab or we need to work with how we need to work mm-hmm. or whatever. But yeah, I think that's just one of the, prog- like you said, don't be entitled just because you, you have welcome people into your circle and now you need everyone is to like, mm-hmm. how do you say it? Like accept, accept you and give you all their respect. Yeah. But not like have the entitlement. Of yeah. It. Yeah. Yeah. Which yeah. I see that in the new generation and it sucks when I see that. I'm like, okay, you still have to go through life and learn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But all right, people. That was, that was a lot. That was a, <laughs> a long episode, actually. <laughs> if you're still with us, we really appreciate it. Um, just put down, put down a smiley emoji, you know, on the comments. Just give us a, a nice comment or anything or any opinion you may have. Just, you know, let us know. Express Think, yourself. Express yourself. Yeah, yeah, that's great. So if you are um, listening, do it in the review. It's totally great like we love to see that if you're still one of the persons who text messages us we get a several of those a week um dms just keep sending them we really do enjoy that love you guys you know? yeah for doing definitely. that by the way and you know we're growing we're getting better we're getting older we're we keep moving on no matter we're what not older you're getting older okay. i'm getting younger sweetie okay so Mm-mm. Mm-mm. so he's getting younger guys <laughs> botox is gonna come in <laughs> Coming clutch. Coming clutch. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, just uh, remember, follow us on our social media yeah. uh, accounts like Instagram, TikTok. They're all on the links below on yeah. the YouTube channel. Don't forget to subscribe, like us, you know, leave us that comment if you're still here with us. We appreciate you for staying up this long. And, yeah, so just remember, this is Be That Design, where life is your canvas. And you are the artist. All right, so, folks. See you next time. Thank you, you so time. much. Love you all.